Welcome to the podcast for WGTS 91.9's Gateway Fellowship, a weekly service for anyone of any faith that is ultimately about inspiring hope. You can learn more and find more messages like this at mygatewayfellowship.com. It's been a while since I've seen you guys, it feels. Did you guys miss me? I missed you guys too. Yay! I really miss you guys. You know, <clears throat> um, this this year has um, has been a, a year where I begin begun some new journeys, um, some healing processes for myself. You know, taking care of myself. Um, but I'm just so blessed. I'm so so blessed to be here to see you all, um, and I'm just so grateful for the opportunity to share in a special message with you guys this morning. So let's bow our heads and um, just invite God's Spirit to be with us. Heavenly Father, Lord, we're just so grateful. Um, Not that you need an invitation to be here with us, God, but we just want to make it known that we are asking um, for you to be with us now. Um, We're just um, ready to learn more about you and just wanting to to ask you to open our hearts so that we can receive you and, and the message you have in store for us today. In your name we pray, amen. Have you ever felt peace before? Like, peace that passes all understanding. Has that ever been disturbed before? Yeah. You know, yesterday I was, um, I was driving, and um, this has never happened to me before. Um, and as I was getting, getting ready to get off my exit, I, for those of you who don't know, I work out in Temple Hills. Um, which is a nice 45-minute drive for me every every day. Going to work, coming back, it takes about an hour and a half. Um, but um, I'm, I'm almost getting to work. You know, I've been really good about getting up early, getting to work on time, you know, doing the basics. Um, and as I drive, and I'm, I'm on the Bluetooth with my husband, I look at the corner of my eye, and I see something crawling up my windshield. And it was a spider. <laughs> That has never happened to me before. Like, never, ever happened to be to me before. Like, talk about something disturbing your peace, you know? Like, I was, I was having a great morning. You know, I had my quiet time. I was, you know, doing what I had to do, had positive songs and talking to people. And my peace was disturbed. My, and it came out of nowhere. I did not ask for this spider to crawl up my windshield. And so this spider invited itself into my car, and I'm going like 65 miles an hour, and I'm just, (gasps) you know, like, oh my goodness, what do I do? And my husband says, stop, pull over. What kind of spider is it? Is it red? Because if it's red, you know, like, then he's an expert on all, I don't know. I'm like, it's a spider, that means it shouldn't be in my car, and I don't want to be near it, you know? And so I, uh, I pull over, um, like two minutes before I get to my office. I don't know. I just, it was crawling up like here. So I just couldn't stay in the car anymore. And, uh, make a long story short, my coworker was driving by and, and she pulled over and she said, what happened? And I said, there's a spider in my car. And she laughed at me and I, like, it wasn't funny. I didn't find it funny, but you know, she laughed at me. And, uh, when she went to try to kill it, it disappeared. Where did the spider go? It was right here. Where did the spider go? And, um, so after five minutes of searching, maybe it wasn't five minutes, maybe it was like 15 minutes, but yeah, I just, I was really scared to get in my car, but I, I got back in my car. Um, I drove to the office and I figured, okay, you know, it'll come out whenever it's going to come out. Fridays, I usually get out at two o'clock, so two o'clock, uh, 1.45 came and I said, you know what, I'm going to find this spider and get rid of it myself. Um, 
and, and hope that it, it won't be there. Um, I'm gonna, I'm brave right now. I'm getting all the courage I need. And, and as I go open the door, I see the spider crawling up my windshield. And I was like, yes! And I, you know, go to take off my shoe and kill it. And I didn't find it again. And I said, no, this cannot be. This just cannot be. I need to get rid of the spider. So, two o'clock came, two fifteen came, two thirty came, two forty-five came, three o'clock came, and I was like, no, I just, I have, I cannot. Like this fear, like paralyzed me. It like literally paralyzed me. Like I could not for a spider. Okay, I was scared. I was scared. I'm not afraid to say it. I was scared. Okay, and so I, um, I call a friend of mine. <clears throat> And um, and I was talking with my husband, too, and, and he said the same thing. But, you know, sometimes us spouses don't listen to our husbands. We listen to our friends. Um, but I, I was talking with her, and I said, you know, I, I don't know what to do. How do I get rid of the spider? And she said, don't grab a plastic bag. You know, if you see it, I'm like, oh, this plastic bag is going to do nothing. And, um, and then she said something to me. Jackie, why don't you go to your office and get on your knees? And I was like, for a spider? She's like, yeah, for a spider. You're scared, right? And I said, yeah, I'm like very fearful. Like, this isn't funny. Like, I should be at home like, right now resting, and I'm not, you know? And so I, um, I'll be truthful. It took me another 15 minutes to get to my office, to want to get on my knees and, and pray. But uh, after 15 minutes passed by, I, I uh, got on my knees and, you know, humbled myself. And I just said, God, you know, please, I have to go home. And I am so, like, I'm being honest, God, I'm afraid of spiders. I didn't know I was afraid of spiders. And I said, I just have to drive home. I cannot let this paralyze me. You are so much bigger than this spider, God, you know. Like, I started preaching to myself, you know, like, you are so much bigger, God. I'm going to get in my car. And, God, if by chance that spider went out while I had the door open, can you, you know, show me the spider on the parking lot somewhere? Thanks. So I get my bag, and I get my car keys, and I um, start locking up my offices, because yes, I was the last one to leave my office. Yep. And um, so I, I get in my car, and I look down, like, on the parking lot, right next to my car, and guess who I see there? The spider. And I was like, what? You know, like, that is. So I, like, got into my car so fast, and, like, seriously, I reversed all the way because I still didn't believe it, but I just wanted to get my car so far away from that spider. And I got down, and I looked. And right in my head where I had asked God to show me where the spider was 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 the exact place that I found that spider when I got out of my office. When your peace was disturbed... What was your first reaction? Do you humble yourself? Or, or do you try to solve it yourself? You know, do you try to find your own plastic bag and God, I'm gonna touch this here, you know? Or do you try to grab your shoe and, and try to take care of things the way that you think you know best? You know, as we reflect on, on this uh, special Easter season, one of the things that um, I feel we don't talk about enough is humility. 
You know, how, how do I find that peace that so many people talk about? How do I feel that peace that, that a lot of people, you know, say that we can get, but I just, I don't get it. Why is it that we don't feel that peace? Well, maybe it's because we haven't humbled ourselves enough. Maybe it's because our first reaction isn't necessarily to get on our knees and say, God, I can't. I just can't. You know, I think about Jesus' amazing sacrifice, and, and it amazes me how Jesus, the Son of God, was humble. You know, he was so humble that, that it allowed him to be obedient. You see, humility, I, I see it as, as a, not a, necessarily a virtue, but a characteristic that as Christians we all need to have. You see, Jesus, Jesus wasn't obedient naturally, but the fact that he humbled himself allowed him to be obedient. It allowed him to be obedient. Matthew eleven twenty nine, and, and just so you know, if you're the kind of person that really likes to take down scriptures, I'm going to be using a few references here, so feel free to just take them down and, and read them as you get home. Matthew eleven twenty nine says, Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. You see, if, if maybe if I would have gotten on my knees a lot sooner, you know, maybe that spider would have been out of my car a lot sooner, and I wouldn't have been so stressed, and I wouldn't have had to live in so much fear. You see, God says if I'm gentle, if I humble myself, and if I'm humbled... I will find rest in my soul. He is telling us that as we learn to follow his example of humility, we will find rest. You see, pride and and arrogance can create tension for us. You know, sometimes it even creates a competitive spirit. That's why I love coming to this church or this place of worship you know, because here I can just come and be. You know, I don't have to prove that I'm the best speaker or the best singer or the best anything. You know, I can come to Gateway Fellowship and just be me. You know, I can just be me. Jesus calls us to take his yoke and to learn from him, to be gentle, to be humble, and to find rest. Romans twelve three and 16 say, Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. Do not be proud and do not be conceited. You see, today I I kind of just want to go over three main areas that display Jesus' humility because in order for me to learn to be humble, you know, I have to follow the example of Jesus' humility. So, So where did I see... Or where did we, do we see in the Bible that Jesus was humble? Well, three areas that Jesus displays humility is one, his focus was on the will of God and not his own. Two, his, his focus was away from himself and not on himself. And three, his focus was on serving, not being served. As we seek to be like Christ, We must understand that he is the one that we are supposed to follow. 
His life is one that we're supposed to model after. Philippians 2, verses 5 through 8. Share this words of wisdom with us. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. You see, doing God's will brings us into a relationship with him. Because we're saying that we're being submissive to God's will, his will over ours. You know, pride and rebellion make us determined to have our own way, and they distract that peace that we could feel when we do follow God's will. Scripture also says in Romans 12, 2, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Why follow God's will? You know, because we find peace when we do. Because when we follow God's will, we're promised eternal life. See, 1 John 2.17 says, The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever, forever. But it takes humility to do God's will. It means that you finally understand that you do not know it all and cannot do it all on your own. You're no longer independent, but you are dependent on God. Do you think about the air that you breathe every day? I don't. I just, that happens. It's part of my nature that I breathe. Yet every breath I take is so dependent on God. It's so dependent on God. You know, I remember growing up and, and, and thinking, you know, I can't wait till I work. I'm going to buy my own car. I'm going to pay my own bills. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be independent because I can do it. And as I got older, I, I realized, man, I had it easy when I was living at my parents' house, you know? I had it so easy. Why didn't I save more money? You know, like, yep. But calling, being humble means that, that you understand that you're no longer able to do things on your own, but that you're relying 100% on God. 100%, not 9%, not 99.999% on God, 100% on God. That's what it means when you humble yourself. That's what it means when you're seeking to do God's will and not your own. The second area that displays the humility of Christ is that he focused, the focus wasn't on him, but it was away from him. I didn't understand this too much because I, I always used to think um, I'm not I'm not prideful. I never focus on me. You know I um I used to uh, work I work in a ministry uh, job um, 
five days a week. Um, I had a morning church that I used to help out, and, and a few months ago I was helping here full-time. I'm the most less self-focused person I, there is, right? But when I, when I was honest with myself and I took a step back and looked at what I was doing, a lot of times I found myself filling my life with so many things because I kind of lived off of other people's approval. I was telling that to somebody this morning, and, and he said it's a different sermon, and it is. It's a whole other sermon on that. But nobody should seek their own good, but instead if you do something, you want to do it because you truly want the other person to have goodness in their life. You see, proud people are self focused people. They cannot stop thinking about themselves. Somehow these folks never ask how anyone else is doing or it's all about them. It's all about them. This morning as, as um, I was with, uh, um, I think she's seven-year-old, and uh, we were studying a little bit about the Bible this morning, and um, Mark 9.35 shares an interesting story about um, Jesus' disciples. And these disciples had spent so much time with Jesus. They saw Jesus perform all these miracles. You know, they saw, they saw firsthand the example of humility. Yet, constantly through Jesus' ministry, these people would argue a lot. Argue. Yo, who's going to be at the right side of God? I am. No, I am. No, no. We're going to, like, James and I, we're going to be on the left side. You're going to be the right. And then, you, you know, they would argue about who would be the closest to Jesus in heaven. And it, it didn't end. You know, Jesus, Jesus would say, you know, any of you, if any of you is going to be the greatest, you have to be the least. You know, if, if you are going to be the first, you have to be the last. And Luke 22, 24 continuously talks about also another argument that they had with the disciples amongst themselves. And, and it was during the Last Supper. Like, out of all the times you're going to argue about who was greater than who, they chose to do it during the Last Supper. Jesus had just told them, one of you guys is going to betray me. And he says, pray, keep praying. And he announced it. And all they could do was argue as to which of them was going to be considered greater than the other. How incredible that all, all they could do was think about themselves. You see, humility is, is an issue for a lot of people. It's an issue for even the disciples. He had warned them to pray so they don't fall into temptation, but all they did was talk about their status. You see, the Last Supper was, was a special time of humility. You know, Jesus, the master, the teacher, the great I am, got down on his knees and washed their feet. He did the utmost humble act and all these disciples could do in response 
to his humility was argue about who would be greater. You see, I've come to learn that humble people don't think less of themselves. You know, a lot of times we, we may associate, well, you know, if we're humble, that means that I'm not going to think about myself. And no, that's not what it means. Humble people don't think less about themselves. They just think about themselves less. I'm going to say that again because that's kind of confusing. Humble people don't think less of themselves. They just think about themselves less. There's a story I, I saw online, and it goes like this. Shane Claiborne, who spent a summer in the slums of Calcutta with Mother Teresa, wrote about her experience there. She said, people often ask me what Mother Teresa was like. Sometimes they even wondered if she had a halo around her or if she glowed in the dark or if there was something special about her. But she was just short, wrinkled, and, and precious like a little old grandma. But there is one thing that could never be forgotten about her, and that was her feet. You see, her feet were deformed. Each morning in Mass, all the other ladies around Mother Teresa would stare at her feet. And they wondered, maybe she had leprosy. But nobody was going to go up to her and say, Hey, Mother Teresa, what's wrong with your feet? They would never do that. But one day, one of the sisters had said, had asked us, you know, did, did you notice her feet? And all the other girls nodded their head and said, yeah, you know, tell us what happened. She said, her feet are deformed because we get just enough donated shoes for everyone there in the community, and Mother Teresa does not want anyone to get stuck with the worst pair. So what does she do? She digs through and finds the worst pair of all. And she puts them on. And she walks around with the worst pair. And years of doing that severely deformed her feet. Years of loving her neighbor as herself deformed her feet. You see, she was humble. It's not that she thought less of herself, but she thought about herself less. She wanted to serve. She wanted to show love to her neighbors. Humility means that we take the focus away from ourselves and we put it on someone else. Third, that I see in, in the humility of Jesus is his focus was on serving and not being served. Imagine the king of heaven coming down to save the people of the earth. Imagine the one who ruled, who reigns, who has all authority and all power. Imagine the only son of God getting down on his knees, washing his disciples' feet. Imagine the one who had the power to destroy the world being willing to suffer at the hands of men and then die for them. Hmm. Imagine that. 
Nowhere else in Scripture do we see the humility and servant spirit of Christ as, as, as we do in the Last Supper when he washed his disciples' feet. The very ones who betray him, who denied him, who deserted him were there. After Jesus washed their feet, he said to them in John 13, 12 through 15, do you understand what I have done for you? Do you understand what I have just done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I have, now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. See, and here we even still miss the point. You see, Jesus wasn't necessarily calling us to wash each other's feet all the time. You see, what Jesus was calling his disciples to do was to be humble, was to submit themselves to the will of God, was to think of themselves less, and it was to serve those around them. Why do you think Jesus commanded us to do these things? You know, it's, it's easy to, to love someone who loves you back. It's so easy to do that. You know? But when there's somebody you know that has been talking so bad about you, or has done something wrong to you, or has abandoned you just like the disciples did to Jesus, you know, it becomes a little difficult to, to share and to express that love. Yet, God calls us to love our neighbors as ourselves. As we go into this season of just really reflecting on, on Jesus' sacrifice, you know, I challenge you this week to really think on Jesus' humility. Think on Jesus' humility. Think, how can I focus more on the will of God for my life? How can I take this selfishness away from myself and, and, and not focus on myself? How can I be a servant? You see, a, a few months ago, I... Um, I was in a pretty bad place. You know, I was so focused on myself. You know, I started turning to um, to other things. And, and for some of us, it may be, you know, drugs. For some of us, it may be alcohol. For some of us, it may be, you know, isolation. Yet for others of us, it, it can be food. You know, and, and in my life, you know, I found that I started turning around to so many other things that just were not solving anything that did not give me the peace that I needed in my life. And it's when I felt God starting to move me and starting to call me Jackie, I want you to, to follow my will. And it doesn't have to be anything great. You know, for, for me today, 
I've learned to just take it one day at a time. For today, I'm, I'm going to live God's will however he sees fit. Today, I'm going to humble myself and ask God to use me in, in whatever way he sees fit. Today, I'm not going to focus on myself, but I'm going to humble myself and realize that I'm, I'm nothing. But God is everything. God is so much stronger and he's so much much wiser than I will ever be. And today I, I want to I wanna learn to be a servant, a true servant of God. You know, to serve him humbly with my heart. And, and that calling is not just only made to me, but, but it's made for you. It's made for you. As we begin this whole um, series this month, may your prayer be to, to humble yourself. May your prayer be to, to learn this foundational character in Christ, and, and it's his humility. As you reflect on his life and in his story, start taking notice about what Jesus did and, and how he humbled himself. You see, because Jesus wasn't necessarily just obedient. He was humbled, and then he became obedient because he humbled himself. You see, he realized that God's calling for him, God's purpose for his life was so much greater than he ever thought. You see, Jesus, at the time when he had to die on the cross, he had to take that focus away from himself because it wasn't even about him. See, Jesus, when he was going to die on that cross, had to focus on, on how he was going to serve his people, serve those that were going to nail him to the cross and beat him and accuse him. Yes, Jesus, Jesus was thinking on, on how he was going to love them. This week and, and this month, um, my prayer is just that we humble ourselves. Simple. And all it takes really is just us asking God to remove our pride, to remove our spirit of independence, and to give us a spirit of dependence completely on Him. I just want to ask you to close your eyes where you are. And I want to have a special prayer for you today. your prayer is, is for God to humble you, if your prayer is, is for God to give you peace that passes all understanding, if your prayer is, God, you know, life has been happening, and, and every time life happens, my peace has been disturbed, God, I don't know what to do. If your prayer is that you want to have that peace, if your prayer is that you want to be humbled, so that God can work in your life, I just want to ask you to stand where you are. This week, will you focus on the will of God? This week, will you focus away from yourself? 
This week, will you focus on serving? Before I pray, I just want to read this verse to you, and it's found in Romans 15, 13. And it says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of his Holy Spirit. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father God, your children here, we humble ourselves before you, God. Some of us have gone years and, and years and months focusing on ourselves, on our own will, and what we felt we deserved and, and what we felt was right for our lives, God. Yet somehow when we did that, things never worked out. God, when we took our own will back, life became unmanageable. God, when we started focusing on ourselves, Lord, somehow we lost touch of your people. God, when we started sitting on our own throne, God, and, and not serving others, Lord, it just didn't help us either. God, right now we stand before you asking you to humble us. God, we're so tired of, of going through this life trying to figure it out, Lord. God, we're tired of, of you know, giving over things to you 50% or 75% or 99.999%, God, when you ask us to give you 100. So God, today, whatever situation it is, Lord, it doesn't matter, God. We just give it all to you, Lord. We give you our life. We humble ourselves, God. We humble ourselves, Lord. God, as we reflect on your amazing sacrifice, your beautiful sacrifice for us, God. We take this time to reflect on your humility, God. Lead us to you, Lord. Lead us to you, God. And, and this week, as we start a new week, may our prayer be to, to do your will. May our prayer be to focus less on ourselves and may our prayer be to serve God we have hope in you and, and we know Lord that with you all things are possible there's nothing that is impossible for you God and so we just trust you we trust you completely God knowing that you, you have a plan for us knowing Lord that we're not here by accident at all God so empty us Lord Empty us of ourselves and fill us with you, God. I pray a special blessing over each person standing in this room. Fill them with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Empower them as they do works for you, God. Give them a humble heart. In your name we pray. Amen. Wherever life's journey is taking you, we hope you can find a home at Gateway Fellowship, a ministry of WGTS 91.9. We'd love for you to visit us sometime. Services happen each Saturday evening at 6. You can learn more about us and get more podcasts at mygatewayfellowship.com.